This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. We did it. We're back. We survived the Y2K um, after 24 years from Y2K. We survived the new year, the week back for, you know, kids going back to school, you having to go back to work. And yeah, we did it. Episode 40. We did. We're 12 away from our one year anniversary show. So we're going to come up with something good in 12 more weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what else is cool? Hmm. The Deluxe Edition Network and how we're part of it. Pretty sweet, right? Pretty sweet. Guess how many podcasts of the month there are this week or this month? How many? There's three. Want to give them a shout out? You can give them a shout out. All right, I'll give them a shout out. Shout out Bev's Video Kingdom, the Barrel Aged Flicks and Kindness Matters Podcast. The January podcast of the month. Check them out. DeluxeEditionNetwork.com. A lot of good stuff out there. You guys should check them all out. Always growing. That's why there's three this month. Spoiler alert. I know all the podcasts of the month currently until some new ones join. Maybe even your town will be a podcast of the month coming up. Maybe not. No spoilers. (laughs) Welcome back to Producer Zach as well. New year, new him. That's what he's saying. And he's written up a couple episodes. This one written by him. Shout out to that Easter egg he slid in there last year. As we were recording, he's like, did you record yet? <laughs> did you see what I did in there? <laughs> and I was like, you have to watch it. There's no no early previews, no sneak peeks. I said, nope, you got to watch it just like everybody else. And he did. But I never heard if he liked it. I'm assuming he did. But he wrote this one. You know where we're heading this week in our Your Town adventure? Where? The lovely state of Ohio. Nice. Ohio has two O's and high in the middle. Do you know that? Oh. Hi. Oh. See what we did there? We didn't even practice that. (laughs) But I'm always promising that I'm probably going to drop the intro in there and I keep forgetting. So I'm not even going to promise. We're just going to get into this. If you get the intro, cool. If not, well, sorry about that. Not a great intro anyways. I made it. But if there's any musicians out there, people that make intros, I feel like we should come up with a new one. Mm -hmm. With a song, a couple little bit of some lyrics, its own thing. So anybody listening, let's do it. Meg, you want to sing it? No. Okay. Well, maybe we'll get, uh, we do have a couple of tracks from your cousin. So maybe we can use something from shout out Colin Wood and mm-hmm. we'll figure something out. New intro. That's on the, that's on the agenda before episode 52. So want to get, want to, want to jump right into this. Want to dive into this. Want to float into this one. Go in head first or feet first? Mm, feet first. Okay. Cause if something breaks, I'd rather break some feet than a head. Right? Valid. Valid point. All right. Again, thanks, Zach, for writing this up. This is Balloon Fest 86. Would have been cool if it happened in 84 and it would have been the 40 year anniversary on the 40th episode. Hmm. But we're going to go 38 years <laughs> on the 40th episode. So, and it's kind of fitting because, again, this is uh, Zach. So there's going to be some words, some names, and some stuff I can't pronounce because he's apparently loves to throw in some big old fancy words. So, Remember when it was New Year's and the ball dropped and all that confetti came pouring from the sky down onto all those diaper-glad weirdos in Times Square? Mm. Which is weird. We were just talking about that. 
fair. Magical, wasn't it? Each uh, each little scrap of paper meant to represent the hopes and dreams of an individual going into the new year. It's a perfectly curated moment meant to project a specific image. Now, let's imagine if each of those little twinkly bits of paper was a helium-filled balloon, and that it was the middle of the day, and you're in Cleveland, Ohio. And it's 1986, and now people are dead. Oof. And then he puts, how's that for an intro, Matthew? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Have you ever heard of this? I was a little slow. It's okay. You want, you want to try again? Dun, dun, dun. No, that was good. That was the one. It was almost like you were sipping on some <laughs> fat baby bourbon before this and got into that. But uh, <laughs> And then he puts intro. Be sure to put the intro in. That's where I would have put it. I'm probably going to forget because turns out you're not the boss of me, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, have, have you heard of the, the Balloon Fest 1986 and what went down? I have not. Ooh, it's interesting. I uh, As soon as he said that he was going to uh, write an episode about it, I, I did a little, little bit of intro or uh, um, what's the word? research. I did a little bit of intro research <laughs> and it's wild. So I, I feel like, like I've heard of it, but don't know about it. I mean, when it happened, we were very, very young. So it's not like something like we would remember seeing. Mm-hmm. And turns out the internet really wasn't a thing, so we probably didn't. But now that these crazy things are happening and we're, you know, doing this podcast, we're learning a lot about areas in here. And I, I was this the first one we did in Ohio? Do we get a new do we get a new map? Uh I'm not I don't sure. Know. Maybe I should head over to yourtown.com. Again, that's yourtown.com. And right on the homepage, there's a map of everyone that we've done. And no, we have done one in Ohio. So this is the second one mm. in Ohio. We've also done, for anybody that wants to know, ton in New York, obviously, where we are from. A couple in Pennsylvania. Looks like one in, uh, no, that's still New York. Michigan, Illinois, Minnesota, Missouri, obviously Ohio, Colorado, two in California, Nevada, and Idaho. So anybody that's listening in a state that we didn't list? Oh, in Minnesota. I don't know if I said that, but Texas. Still didn't do that. There's everywhere. They're everywhere. Canada. Yeah, we're an international show. And uh, yeah, so if there's a state that you live in that you're listening that we haven't done yet, feel free to message us on the Instagram. Zach is checking Instagram and writing articles uh, or TikTok, any of the social medias. So ah, let's do this. Summer of 1986. And for whatever reason, the city planners in Cleveland, Ohio, thought it uh, pertinent to try out a Disney Disneyland theme or to try... And oh, to try and out Disney Disneyland. Sorry, the the double Disney really messed with me. <laughs> uh, which had successfully set the record at one million balloons launched at once in honor of Walt Disney's eighty fifth birthday. It's a lot of balloons. It's <laughs> a ton of balloons. Hoping to bring some positive publicity to the city and show it as um, a city on the rise, <laughs> the crosshairs were set on breaking the entertainment juggernaut's one-year-old world record and raise some funds and awareness for the United Way in process. This already spells disaster. Whew. All right. So the plan was obviously pretty straightforward. Gather up a few hundred volunteers, fill up two million latex balloons with helium. How long do you think that would take? That's a lot of balloons. Oh, yeah, right? I'm not going to do the math if there was the a manpower behind that has to be incredible. Oh, so an army of children. I don't know what that is. What's that word? Altruistic. I thought it was said autistic children. And I was like, Zach, why are we that? That, that doesn't make altruistic. Any... Yeah. Children hit the streets of Cleveland selling sponsors, uh, sponsorships for the event to the tune of one dollar per every two balloons inflated the proceeds of uh, which went to the United Way. 
To accomplish this feat, from a logistics standpoint, the city contracted Los Angeles-based balloon expert Treb Heining. Heining. Heining, we're going to go with. Owner and propeteer of <laughs> balloon art by Treb. Treb decided the best way to pull up to pull off this would be constructing a steel structure the size of a city block. Holy cow. That's pretty big. Right. Uh, the structure ended up measuring 250 feet by 150 feet and was three stories tall. Spanning the entire area of the massive steel frame was a single piece of specially designed mesh material. Its purpose was obviously simple. A volunteer inflates the balloons under the mesh, and once it's full, then you just release it, and the mesh will catch it. Come launch day, the mesh will be released, releasing the balloons in a process. Obviously, it was foolproof, right? Mm, I feel like it wasn't. Until it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, let's just think about this, and I feel like everybody listening is thinking about this. Two million balloons, people filling them, putting them into the steel structure full of mesh, and then just going to release them. I mean, obviously, they're going to have a bunch pop. Who's counting all of these? Like, I don't know. I have so many questions. Maybe it's in here, but I'm just thinking, all right, every hundred, you put them in there. Then what if all of a sudden you have a million in there and pop, 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 pop. How many do you know really pops? I'm Chris. And I'm Mel. And together we host the podcast Spoil Spoil My My Movie. Movie. We were watching movies anyway. And we were having in-depth conversations about those movies, too. So, we decided to share our thoughts with the world. You can expect me to gripe about inaccurate details like supposedly cold weather, but you can't see anyone's breath. And you can expect me to be totally adorable, but also psychologically deep. And by the end of each episode, we'll provide our respective ratings. Using a rating scale custom tailored to the movie in question. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. We're everywhere. We're actually behind you right now. I just, I don't know. Hmm. What if they all popped? That's a lot of helium being released. Oof. And then all the people, all the audience is like, (laughs) they really would outdo Disney. (laughs) Yeah. They they would have Disney there with all these characters. All right. All I can think of is up. Uh, the movie up this is what's coming into my head interesting according to the research done in a very um what's that stodgy scientific uh, publication balloon uh, from balloonhq.com a standard american market latex balloon filled with helium will rise into the atmosphere and remain there whoa remain there until it's nearly completely deflated before returning to the ground and that was the science that the, the the people from Treb was basing its plan on. But apparently, science didn't play come launch day. Then, the weather, because it is Ohio, um, apparently wasn't going to be good on the day of the launch. Organizers had successfully, though, inflated in stage one and a half million balloons. Okay, so we're already half a million down. The button's pressed. The balloons are released. The record was set. Case closed, right? Nope. Uh, then the atmospheric conditions were not ideal, and the massive balloons immediately collided with a front of rain and cold air. This is late September in Ohio, all right? Which, I mean, it's similar weather to here, fall, although mm-hmm. it could be very hot. It's not. And because you mixed uh, the balloons, the atmosphere, the weather, and everything in Ohio, it actually caused the helium-filled balloons to fall back to Earth prematurely. <laughs> oh fun balloon party yay no 
No, not good. Could you imagine <laughs> you're standing there and a million and a half balloons start falling on you? <laughs> I wonder what the weight is on that. I don't know. But it's got to cause some like traffic problems. and. Oh, my gosh. So, all and right. You got to worry about wildlife. You got to worry a lot, uh-huh. I think. <laughs> I wonder. I bet you this wasn't over... Um, Overly insured, I guess. But I, there, so there was the obvious fallout in that there were balloons everywhere. Roughly a million and a half balloons, obviously. But as boots on the ground began to realize having a million and a half uh, helium-filled balloons on the ground quickly became an emergency situation. All around the area, major roadways, local streets were forced uh, to a grinding halt as tidal waves of balloons <laughs> obstructed traffic. Huh. Eventually, Burke Lakefront Airport actually had to shut down the entire runway for half an hour while emergency responders cleared it. Thousands and thousands of balloons. As time went on, motorists tried to push through the cloud of balloons only to violently collide with other motorists. Fences, um, signs, barriers, visibility is just terrible. There's just a cloud of balloons. Sounds like a blizzard of balloons. A blizzard of balloons. (laughs) That's what they should have called it. Uh, I mean, obviously, even the most experienced Midwest drivers had experienced that, you know, worse than any winter that they've ever been there. <laughs> they actually had to take bulldozers to clear motorways. The balloon blizzard of 86. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's at this point we should realize that geographically Cleveland is on the coast of Lake Erie, like right on the coast. As more and more balloons fell, Lake Erie began looking like a funfetti birthday cake, Oops. thus effectively shutting down waterways as well. As the days followed initial release, thousands of balloons washed up on the northern shore of Lake Erie, leaving Canadian officials with the task of then cleaning up Cleveland's publicity stunt. Oof. Yeah. But that went over well. Yeah. Now you have an international problem. Like, we're an international (laughs) podcast. They have an international problem going on. Balloon blizzard problem. Oof. Balloon blizzard of 86. Taxpayer dollars. (laughs) We're not the most tragic loss in this tale. As mentioned, the balloons fell because of the cold front and rain. The weather pattern came down from the north across Lake Erie. And if you don't know what that's like, it's pretty miserable. Uh, A meteorological, that's a tough word to say, happening historically produced severe weather patterns, according to local Fox 8 meteorologist Scott Sable. Sable, who investigated the science behind what actually happened for Fox 8 at the time, went on to say scientifically the launch should never have happened. He goes on on detail the day prior, a severe storm rocked the city and reports of even capsized boats and commercial vessels were, that were coming in. And uh, one such report was of an aluminum dinghy. Mm-hmm. That's a funny word. Um, carrying two male passengers. They had gone missing the night before. And as um, the reports and the officials were actually scrambling to pull off this balloon launch, this was going on. Coast Guard's out there trying to find this boat, this dinghy, and a team together, to, um, you know, trying to find these guys. But unfortunately, the balloons were released before these men were found. And that the search actually had to be called off because they couldn't see on Lake Erie. That is terrible. And, mm-hmm. and not to stick up for anybody here, but communication is definitely not as good technological-wise and being able to communicate in the 80s as now i have to imagine if this thing was ever to even be an idea it would be shot down almost probably immediately but with everything else going on it would have stopped Hmm. but 
Those involved in the coverage of the event and the actual search for the fishermen reported the balloons were so densely covering the area where the men were last seen that the balloons looked like a million heads bobbing in the water. Yikes. Then overhead, aircrafts were searching for signs of the two men, but the planes eventually landed because it was impossible to distinguish man from balloon. So they could have been out there the whole time. They could have been right out there the whole time being like, wow, this is a world record. And now... I'm not going to make it. Search was called off and the men died. It was several days and hours of cleanup before their remains were pulled from the lake and returned to their families. Believe it or not, their surviving families went on to win a very big lawsuit against the United Way of Cleveland. Good for them. Yeah, I mean, the whole event seems just insane and in poor taste. And these days with the information we have about just this sort of thing and the environmental impact balloons specifically can cause... Not a good look. Uh, however, at the time, it was commonly believed that these balloons were simply going to float up into the atmosphere, pop, and disintegrate, never to return to Earth in a form which can contaminate or obstruct. Huh. In the end, 1,429,643 balloons were launched from Public Square in Cleveland, Ohio, that fateful autumn afternoon. It set the record. But in doing so, the Guinness Book of World Records actually closed the category for good and no longer measures balloon releases of any kind. Good for them. Good for them. Yep. Like yep. I the path to hell is said to be paved with good intentions, but for Cleveland in the 80s, it was paved with balloons. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean... You have to, I mean, I'm picturing all of these balloons and how a lot of people kind of get, um, you know, negative impact when they put stuff on social media where they're launching balloons and doing all this stuff for loved ones, writing messages and, you know, from oceans to lakes to all the stuff when they're pulling out trash and all this stuff. How many balloons end up in waterways, kill, whether birds, fish, everything else. But then you launch just under one and a half million of them. Why hasn't this been made into a movie? Maybe, yeah. Maybe it has. I've never heard of it. I mean, <laughs> huh. yeah, I was trying to think of a balloon popping joke in there to kind of throw in there as, a, as something funny. Why it didn't like blockbuster, but nothing comes to mind. So we're going to move on from that. Uh, just didn't pop. Just didn't pop. The Yeah. I just can't get over that. that the boat is called the dinghy and I'm now almost 40 realizing that that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, yeah, that's what it's called. And I'm like, it's. Dude humor is different than female humor. All right, why don't you read the quote this, this, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that Zach did for us? Nobody can be uncheered with a balloon by Winnie the Pooh. I like it. That's so fitting. Well done. Um, <laughs> all right, we have some sources. As always, Wikipedia, we love you. Blog.cleveland.com, HuffPost.com, BalloonHQ.com, and Fox8.com. That's all we got for you, Zach. Love it. This is a cool story. And, uh, you know, there might not be, well, actually, Cleveland is doing really good in football. I was going to say there might not be any exciting news in sports or anything like that in the Cleveland area. But Cleveland Browns going to the Super Bowl, they think. So. Yeah, I had never heard of this story. I haven't either. And hopefully all of you listening, watching on whatever really enjoyed this. I know I did. I love every minute spending time in the studio with the lovely Meg and a beautiful article of words that are hard to say from Zach. <laughs> so uh, all kidding aside, he has another one or two queued up because February is going to be pretty busy for him. So he's trying to get ahead of it for us. So 
Hopefully he'll continue to do that. If not, then you're stuck with an article from me. But either way, can't thank you guys enough for listening. Go check out all the other episodes if you'd like. And we have some cool stuff in uh, in mind for 2024. Super excited about it. And, and as always, if you have an article, you have a story, um, just give us the premise of it. And myself or Zach will write something up and we can, I really want to hit all 50 states. It's going to be tough to do, obviously, in one year, doing one episode a week. But it'll be pretty cool to continually check it out. If not, you're going to get some stuff from us. And uh, we have a cool article, like I said, already coming up next week. I'm excited to share. So, Have we had any that kind of cross states? Um, I believe we had um, the one that was Michigan and here, which was the Fender guitar. Oh, yeah. You know, I spent some mm-hmm. time here, was in Michigan. That was there. Um, there's a couple that I think hit a couple states. And Y2K covered the entire world, so that one doesn't really count. Right. There was a lot of stuff from there, but I know we've had a lot of like Specific. stories where people are running from the law. True, and I wondered if it covered multiple states. Yeah, good question. Um, I don't believe, but doesn't mean that huh. we can't. So yeah, let's get those articles in. Let's get those stories because we want to cover your town, your stories. You know, stories of you know small town areas is is really what I love to hear because not a lot of people hear about them. That hence most of the stuff that is around this area that not only is fun to research, but fun just, you know, for people to have relatable stuff. And, you know, we keep pushing these out locally. We might even be featured on North Country now sometime, which would be pretty cool. So, all right, that's all we got. You got anything else? I got nothing else. All right. That was fun. That's a wrap, as they say in the biz. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening. We Zach appreciate says it. toodles. Oh, and Zach says toodles. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye. Join host Dave Houghton and Sarah Ray Pallet as they examine the less glamorous side of sports with their podcast, In a Pickle. Follow IAP Radio on social media by going to iapradio.com. In a Pickle is now part of the Den Network. For more information, go to iapradio.com. Bev's Video Kingdom. Because the movies won't talk about themselves. So Andy crawls through this river of he comes out, visits a dozen banks, and no one's like, I'm a little concerned about the guy in the suit. <laughs> right. It smells like shit. You mean, you, mean, you mean the guy that literally washed himself in a river full of shit? Is supposed to sound like smell good? Dude, that's completely the mall rat stink palm, which takes like three or four days to wash off. <laughs> oh, last time I scratched my ass, it smelled like Bigfoot's dick for a week. <laughs> Bev's Video Kingdom. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.